0: Clearing up confusion about the Kamloops burial sites. This is not a mass grave, but rather unmarked burial sites. Chief Kazmir lays out the conditions to help her community heal.
1: An intimate look at Surrey's ICU.
0: We're the last face they see before they are put onto the ventilator.
1: The biggest challenge for healthcare providers where COVID is still pushing their limits.
0: And getting paid to play. We're definitely. Um, Considering it, the province mulls incentives to encourage staycation spending.
1: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The chief of the Tecumlips Tishwetmick is thanking people from across Canada and around the world their support after the discovery of the remains of 215 children on the former Kamloops residential school site.
0: While the preliminary report on the findings is still a few weeks away, Roseanne Casimir says the discovery was not a mass grave. Paul Johnson reports. Our people, our
2: families and our communities are grieving and Kamloops to come the Shwemek is at the center of this
3: pain. In her first scheduled media briefing since news of the apparent of discovery broke, T'Chemlub's chief chief Roseanne Casimir clarified how they're describing what they've found.
2: This is not a mass grave, but rather unmarked burial sites that are, to our knowledge, also undocumented.
3: Casimir also addressed questions they've been getting about the method of discovery, who carried out the work, what equipment was used... And how is the data processed and analyzed? Answers on those points, she said, we'll have to wait for now.
2: For all the questions regarding the technology, costs, and details of the findings, know that we will share when we get to that point. Asking now is very premature at this time. On
3: news that the RCMP has opened a case file on the discovery, she made clear that the RCMP will be following their lead on the investigation. While they intend to collaborate with the Mounties, their historic relationship with them is worth remembering.
2: RCMP forcibly removed children from their families to bring them to the residential school.
3: Another institution they're calling out is the Catholic Church, whose branch, the Order of the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, ran the Kamloops Residential School. In the eyes of this First Nation and many others, the Church's acknowledgement of the tragedy of Canada's residential schools is still insufficient.
2: In the end, what we do want, we do want an apology, a public apology, not just for us, but for the world who also shared in those suffrages. Paul
1: Johnson, Global News. A major show of support in Surrey for the Tecumloops loops to Schwetmick. It's our time to be the shoulder to cry on for our survivors.
4: It's that time to be those open ears and that open mind and that open heart.
1: Several hundred people gathered socially distanced, of course, outside of Surrey City Hall for a ceremony of healing and an important coming together of the community. The rally organized by the Surrey Urban Indigenous Leadership Committee's Skookum Lab, which honors the 215 Indigenous children whose remains were recently discovered.
5: Every Indigenous person pretty much that I know has a relationship to those schools. And so um, just it's, it's a lot of collective grief to deal with. And, um, you know, but it's also been really beautiful to see how our community can come together to laterally support each other and hold each other up.
1: And another event, a candlelight vigil, is planned for the same location outside Surrey City Hall tonight at 7 p.m.
2: We're here to honour and recognise those 215 Plus, uh, babies and children, and also to um, honor the parents. You know, the parents who waited and waited for their children to be returned.
1: Kelowna's Friendship Society arranged a community drum circle today. Hundreds attended wearing orange shirts that have come to represent the generational trauma caused by the residential school system. The Kelowna Friendship Centre says attention must remain on this dark piece of Canadian history.
0: A Kelowna elementary school is also the site of a growing tribute to the young victims of the residential school in Kamloops. Dozens of teddy bears line and MacLiment school, an initiative started by a former student at the school and her mum.
6: In our family, there's lots of people who went to residential schools and we felt it was important to have a easy option for people to bring and show respect to the kids and families who they had to go through the residential schools.
0: There are 215 teddy bears lining the fence at the school each representing a child whose remains were found in Kamloops. Organizers hope the display serves as a learning opportunity for all.
6: We hope that it just teaches more people about how important it is to like accept everyone and how much of a problem this is. How it's not just a thing we know about, it's an actual thing that's happening.
0: The display will come down tonight. School children will be encouraged to take a teddy bear home. Each teddy bear has an orange ribbon attached to it to remind families to have conversations about residential schools. And a reminder, there is a 24-hour support line set up for survivors of the residential school system. If you or someone you know needs help, the number is on your screen, 1-866-925-4419.
1: Let's turn to COVID-19 in our province now, and the trend continues in our our latest COVID numbers. We have 183 new cases, bringing BC's total to 145,049. Fewer than 2,500 of those cases are active. 224 people are in hospital, 59 of those patients in the ICU. And sadly, one more person has died from complications of the virus. Keith Baldry joins us now with more on those getting their second dose of vaccine. Mm-hmm. Keith, full vaccinations are rapidly accelerating.
7: Yeah, the second dose number is really going to start increasing very quickly. For months or for weeks, it was primarily all first doses, not many really second doses administered. 60,000 doses a day, almost all of them first doses. That's about to change, and it's beginning to change at the end of May. Take a look at, at the first and second doses for the last few days. Column on the left is the first dose. You can see it was actually declining on a daily basis. The column on the right, second doses went from 6,500 on May 30th, climbing slowly but surely, and now very rapidly to 27. 1, doses yesterday. So in the weeks ahead, we're going to see more and more second doses and fewer and fewer first doses. And so we've been increasing our vaccination rate by about one point a day, uh, which is why we're now at 72.4%. We tripled it in two months, but now because there's so many more second doses, our climb to 80% and then 90% is going to be a slower and less steep trajectory. Hopefully we're going to get there, but it's going to be a bit of a grind now to get those first doses in the arms of people because a lot depends on our limited vaccine supply There's so many people now qualifying and becoming eligible for the second dose, particularly on Monday. So if you're listening watching out there, uh, make sure you get that second dose because so many of our viewers right now are going to be eligible in the days ahead.
1: That's right. And if you haven't registered yet, they always remind us, get on there Mm -hmm. and register if you haven't already. Thanks very much, Keith.
0: Well, ICU numbers have been trending down in the last few weeks, and that is a rare bit of good news for our beleaguered hospitals. Nitu Karcha takes us inside one of B.C.'s busiest hospitals, Surrey Memorial, for a look at the ongoing devastation the pandemic is having on patients and the people who work there. Uh, uh, Surrey
8: Memorial Hospital's ICU is where nearly half of all critically ill COVID-19 patients in the province are treated. Stretch-thin staff struggling with the stress say each new wave has been worse than the one before it, at times forcing them to make tragically difficult decisions.
9: Obviously I can't be in both places at once, so you get pulled into the person who you're trying to save. that means that someone ends up passing away by themselves.
8: Mackie Weeb works in the ICU but since finding out she's pregnant a few months ago she's been moved away from the COVID floor where at its peak there were more than 60 patients with the virus at once.
10: A lot of the patients like wear the last face they see before they are put onto the ventilator so it's Kind
9: of a huge sense of responsibility too. They're in your care, in your hands. ICU staff say
8: the impact of lower COVID-19 case numbers in BC isn't being felt here yet. So the province's overall sense of relief about easing restrictions is being met with the opposite reaction here.
11: I don't think we can let our guard down. Uh, We've seen time and time again these lulls and we all get our hopes up. Uh, We let our guard down, and then we find ourselves in another wave.
8: And he says every new wave so far has been worse than the last for this hospital serving one-third of the lower mainland and running well over capacity for 15 months and counting.
11: Capacity not being ventilators. It's not beds. It's not physical space. Our capacity is actually people, and our people are tired.
8: Among the unsung heroes, he says, are these sanitation workers who've prevented staff outbreaks and protected those tasked with saving lives. And I don't think we've even started to process yet because we're still in it. Nitu Garcha, Global News, Surrey.
1: One of BC's industries hardest hit by pandemic restrictions has been tourism, and some are wondering whether incentives would help get people traveling again. As Richard Zussman reports, with travel rules set to be loosened within the next few weeks, There's anxious anticipation about how soon we can return to normal.
12: The Rosewood Hotel Georgia has been empty for months, but now it's reopening. The hope people will come as they count on BC's restart. Everybody is filled with hope, but we're still sitting at a place where we have extremely low occupancy, very, very low revenue. Right now, British Columbians encouraged to travel within their own health region only. By June 15th at the earliest, it will be a push to travel BC-wide and by as early as July 1st, Canada-wide
2: travel. There's nothing more important to the industry for there to be a confidence and encouragement and messaging
12: the province is still set aside 50 million dollars in recovery for the tourism sector and some of that could go to hotels including potentially an incentive program to encourage british Columbians traveling within the province to stay a little longer
8: one of the strategies that the hotel association is looking for is is for folks not to just stay for a day but to stay for the week like so we're really looking at a strategy of how to support
12: In New Brunswick, the province is incentivizing any Atlantic Canadian traveler. Spend up to $1,000 on food, activities, hotels in the province and get 20% of it back, up to $200. In BC, one suggestion is if a local stays four nights in a BC hotel, the province or hotel picks up the fifth night.
8: It's not off the table. Um, I have heard from, from the industry that they are looking at incentives, but it's not just incentives. It's also looking at marketing.
12: One challenge still for the hospitality sector is hiring back workers because many have found new jobs. There is a saying that we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. And to use another saying from the pandemic, the tourism industry hoping the storm will soon end. And the light at the end of the tunnel, plus a few incentives, will be what is needed to save them. Richard Zospin, Global News, Victoria.
0: Well, get ready for road pricing if you drive into downtown Vancouver. Our first clue the city is serious about keeping cars out of the core and how it could turn into a no-go zone for many commuters. That's next on the News Hour.
2: Mexican cheeses, meats and more.
1: Penticton's grocery store kid, how he's helping the family business with his newfound fame.
0: And rescuing a rare white raven, the genetic quirk that landed it at a wildlife rehab facility. Right now,
1: though, the city of Vancouver is another step closer to a plan to charge you for driving into the downtown core.
0: As Kristen Robinson reports, the wheels have been set in motion for a road use fee in a part of the city hit particularly hard by the pandemic.
6: Just as traffic starts to increase after more than a year of struggling through COVID, the owner of this Vancouver event boutique is taking stock of another potential roadblock. Creating one more reason for customers to not enter the downtown core is just gonna impact us. It's gonna make it harder for us to recover. Vancouver is seeking consultants to study the feasibility of potential road use fees for vehicles to drive in and through the city center as part of its goal to reduce carbon pollution by 50% and have two-thirds of all trips into the city be on foot, bike, or transit by 2030.
10: We need to have a better and deeper understanding of uh, traffic and all mobility trends kind of in a post-COVID um, uh, recovery for actually the next uh, five years. So It's really important for us to, to learn
9: is it really going to change people's behavior by charging them that road parking fee to purchase that electric vehicle or to make that transition?
6: Counselor Sarah Kirby Young and the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade support a regional approach to mobility pricing as small businesses devastated by the pandemic try to restart.
13: So now is the time for the city. They should be focused on the economic recovery and building back the downtown core, not spending resources, figuring out how to keep people out.
6: The city says any vehicle tolls would focus on the downtown core because it houses the central business district and is a destination for tourism and sporting events like other cities with road pricing.
10: That scale and geography is actually very comparative to Stockholm, uh, to London, to Singapore. It's
6: just going to push traffic outside of the downtown core and it's going to force businesses to move outside of the downtown core. So if this is really about uh, reducing the carbon footprint, then we need to look at who's actually contributing to it. Sunan Spriggs suggests a road tax based on usage, not location, as she buckles up to potentially lose the free ride to downtown Vancouver by 2026. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
0: BC's ambulance service crisis.
4: It's simply inhumane.
0: Patients waiting hours for an ambulance that never comes and why police and fire emergency response is suffering too.
1: And it's one year since Chantel Moore was killed during an RCMP wellness check. The questions her family still needs answered.
5: A serious collision at the Portman Bridge is uh, causing major delays eastbound that start before Brunette Avenue in Coquitlam as you make your way into Surrey. It's the uh, regular through lanes that are affected most, so if you're coming this way, take the 152 exit lanes. From home to car insurance, BCAA's local experts are here for all your insurance needs. Visit bcaa.com. In Global One, above the Portman Bridge, I'm Amber Belzer.
1: Each year, thousands of kids count on BC Children's Hospital for the expert care they can't get anywhere else. BC Children's Hospital is here for them all, but they need your help, too. Rise for BC's Kids, June 12th on Global BC.
0: The young woman who was dragged from her Kelowna apartment by an RCMP officer has settled her lawsuit with the force. An officer was seen on surveillance footage dragging Mona Wang down the hall in January of 2020. It was supposed to be a wellness check. Instead, the UBC Okanagan student was handcuffed and dragged into the lobby. Wang sued the RCMP, alleging she suffered bruises and carpet burns from the disturbing incident. She has now settled that lawsuit, although no details have been released. Wang says she also agreed, or pardon me, she says she agreed to the compromise so that she can get on with her life.
1: We have yet another heart-wrenching story from B.C.'s paramedic and ambulance crisis, this time involving a senior in downtown Vancouver.
0: Jordan Armstrong has the exclusive details and new information on how the paramedic staffing issues are also causing delays in 911
11: service.
14: 911,
0: please fire
11: ambulance. When you call 911, you expect an immediate answer. Every second counts. Vancouver police emergencies. But Global News has learned of major, potentially life-threatening delays last week. Ecom, the 911 call center, says its goal is to have operators answer the phone in five seconds or less. But on May 29th, it was taking up to three minutes. Part of the reason, 911 operators do not dispatch ambulances they have to call the paramedics dispatch. But multiple sources tell us that on the 29th, last Saturday, it sometimes took in excess of 10 minutes, possibly closer to 20, for the paramedic dispatch to answer the call from Ecom 911. During that time, the 911 operator is not allowed to hang up, meaning they're unable to move on to the next emergency call. It's failing them now and it needs to improve immediately. Citizens wrecked and waiting. After two hours, this woman's family gave up on an ambulance. The ripple effect caused by BCEHS delays is significant. On Tuesday, SkyTrain was forced to single track, while a patient waited 68 minutes for an ambulance. And it's often firefighters waiting with them.
12: When we're
4: tied up on on an incident uh, waiting for paramedic response, it leaves us unavailable
11: for fire emergencies, uh, other major medical incidents. Here's another sad example. It happened in downtown Vancouver last weekend. A senior who lives alone was found on her couch. Soiled and weak, she'd been there days. An ambulance was called. Five hours went by, still no ambulance. Ultimately, a safe ride shuttle meant for people with drug and alcohol issues was used to take her to hospital. Two public health emergencies. A near record number of calls for help. More paramedics and dispatchers feeling burnt out and calling in sick or refusing overtime. Thursday, the health minister said he's concerned and working on a fix. The opposition urging him to hurry.
2: I think we need to, to tackle this from all sorts of angles and do so very quickly.
11: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
1: The Lower Mainland Gang Unit says a 10-month investigation has led to a significant drug seizure. Officers seized more than 9 kilograms of this purple fentanyl, enough to make more than 400,000 potentially fatal doses. Police say it's purple for branding reasons. They also seized meth, cocaine, cash, a rifle and six handguns. Five people linked to organized crime have been arrested and released with charges pending.
0: The family of a missing Surrey man has upped the reward in hopes of finding him. 28-year-old Bernard Grempel was last seen May 14th boarding a bus at 22nd Street Station in New Westminster, heading toward the Strawberry Hills area in Surrey, where his grandparents live. Family and friends uh, searched a wooded area of North Delta last weekend with no luck, so they've now doubled the reward for finding him to $20,000. We started off with a ten thousand dollar reward and we had that for a week and
14: then we extended it to twenty thousand, hoping that just that that money will you know it's it's a small dent for getting our,
0: our brother back. Gremple has been dealing with mental health issues. He's six feet tall with shoulder length, curly brown hair, and was last seen wearing a white hoodie.
1: Up next the enduring mystery of Chantal Moore. It feels like it just happened. One year after a New Brunswick police officer fired the fatal shot, Chantelle's family in B.C. is still waiting for answers.
0: Also tonight, the genetic rarity in this raven that puts its life at risk.
5: Traffic is flowing nicely across the Portman Bridge now that crews have cleared a cl- cla- crash that had two lanes blocked off on the bridge deck. Unfortunately, it doesn't look so good on the approach. You're still busy between Brunette and the Cape Horn as you make your way into Surrey. Through a new charitable partnership between Kermak Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermak Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. Above the Portman Bridge in Global One, I'm Amber Belzer.
0: It's been one year since Chantel Moore, a 26-year-old indigenous woman from Vancouver Island, was shot by police in New Brunswick. Moore was killed
1: while officers were conducting a wellness check. Global's Travis Fortnum has more on how family and supporters are marking the anniversary.
12: It's a time that you're never going
13: to forget.
10: For a year now, Martha Martin has had to live without her daughter, Chantelle Moore.
13: I can't even believe it's been a year because it feels like it just happened. Moore
10: had only just moved to New Brunswick for a fresh start with her six-year-old daughter when, on June 4th, 2020, she was killed. Shot by an Edmonston police officer who was there to do a wellness check. In B.C. Friday, a small, solemn walk in memory.
6: I have with me... So much, until Moore's ashes, I'm walking her home today.
10: In New Brunswick, larger gatherings. With many questions left unanswered 12 months later.
2: That
12: inquiry needs to happen. There are unanswered questions, hard questions. Someone needs to be responsible.
10: A police watchdog investigation into Moore's death wrapped in December, finalized in the province in the months since. Still, details aren't out not even to Moore's mother. Our
13: whole family is still waiting on answers, and unfortunately, you know, like, we'll never have the full
5: truth because we're missing the other person to tell the other side of the story.
10: Possible outcomes of that report could include disciplinary action against the officer who fired the shots that night. New Brunswick's Department of Public Safety saying representatives will meet with Martin Monday. She says she doesn't know what she'll hear, but hopes it's the truth. Travis Fortnum, Global News.
1: The juvenile white raven is turning heads on Vancouver Island. The injured bird is being treated at the North Island Wildlife Recovery Center.
0: These birds are rare and as Kylie Stanton reports, staff at the center are doing everything they can to improve its chances of long-term survival. The white feathers are held tightly while bright blue eyes take in the surroundings.
15: This bird is being handled with extreme care. And for good reason. This is my first time actually seeing one, and it's, it's, uh, it's quite uh, spectacular. The rare white raven was brought to the North Island Wildlife Recovery Center on Monday, near death. <laughs> Those here have been working around the clock, trying to nurse it back to health.
10: Unfortunately, he's still not eating on his own, but his body condition is slowly starting to improve with, um, with the tube feedings, which is getting done twice daily and uh, he's also running a course of antibiotics.
15: It's perhaps the one thing that's typical of this bird. They tend to have compromised immune systems, a possible result of an extremely rare mutation. You see, it takes two common black ravens with the same identical recessive gene to produce one single white raven. But sadly, their chance of survival is slim.
10: It's been, again, through hearsay, that only one has ever made it to adulthood. Typically, they don't make it past their first year.
15: Still, the iconic birds are well documented in the Parksville-Qualicum Beach area. They've been spotted on and off here for the past two decades, all of them likely from the same family line. He's quite the bird. This one, found on a property in Coombs three years ago, drew a ton of attention.
14: I was really excited because uh, I hadn't seen one since uh, 2013.
15: With sightings so few and far between, it's no wonder the birds have come to be known as sacred. And this one seems to have landed in just the right place.
10: Really, really hoping that we're going to have some success with this one. Hopefully it uh, can bring some hope to people as well in in these kind of challenging times. But know that we're doing absolutely everything we can for this raven and we're all hoping, hoping for the best for him. Kylie Stanton, Global News.
0: It's a migratory event that happens every year. Western painted turtles move from one pond to the other. The problem is that in West Kelowna, they're crossing a busy road to get to the other side. And many don't survive the trek.
8: It started, I would say, like a few weeks ago. We started to have them. Uh, We already got at least five dead ones.
0: Just this past week, this turtle was run over and was brought into the Rose Valley Vet Clinic in West Kelowna with a broken shell. Dr. Oz says dozens of turtles are run over each year along Westlake Road and don't survive. The vet says turtles that are killed are females making the annual trip to lay their eggs at a pond across the road. This event usually starts in May and can last up to two months. There is a culvert under the road to try to give the turtles a safe passage but they continue to use the road. The posted speed limit from May to July in the area is 30 kilometers per hour, but many drivers are not slowing down.
1: In health matters tonight, the deaths of four babies in the U.S. have prompted Fisher-Price to recall two sleep products that were sold in Canada. The 4-in-1 Rock and Glide Soothers and 2-in-1 Soothe and Play Gliders are being recalled. All four babies who died were said to have been placed on their backs unrestrained in the products and were later found on their stomachs. The recall indicates about 60,000 of the products were sold in Canada. Consumers should also be aware that they are being sold online. The recall comes two days after the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission announced that it will effectively ban inclined sleep products and in-bed sleepers effective next year. And I should mention resold online so you might see a used one out there gotcha all
0: right coming up the pint-sized pitchman of Penticton from tortillas to sauces come on down amigo how a rough gaba is helping his family prosper during the pandemic
1: how could you say no to that kid and spring flooding in the Nass valley threatens to cut off communities
0: Well, this week's hot spell and melting snow are causing rivers to swell all across B.C., but levels in northwestern B.C. from the central coast to the Yukon boundary have also been impacted by heavy rain and may have contributed to one flood-related death.
1: Flood warnings were in place for the Skeena and Stikine River basins. Evacuation orders and alerts have been issued by the regional district for some residents along the Skeena River, including Dutch Valley. RCMP and Terrace are investigating the death of a 73-year-old man whose body was found on Thursday in a flooded basement within the evacuation area. And flooding forced the closure of a section of Highway in Canada's Nishga Memorial Lava Bed Provincial Park yesterday. According to the B.C. River Forecast Center, the rivers peaked at a 50-year flood level last night and are now dropping. The warnings have since been downgraded. And this from Prince George, where an evacuation alert has been issued to people living in homes along Farrell Street. Notices were handed out today and sandbags are being made available to residents there. The Fraser River at South Fort George is currently at about 9.2 meters, but it could reach as close to 10 meters as 9.8 meters this weekend, which could cause some basements in the area to flood paddle or to flood Paddlewheel park is also now closed.
0: Water certainly was moving fast in those visuals. All right, Christy Mm -hmm. Gordon joins us now with a look at our weather forecast and our flood situation in the province. Christy?
13: Yes, we're going to break down your weekend in a second but I just wanted to show you one of the uh, stations near the Skeena. This is a forecast that's put out by the River Forecast Centre and you can really see that it peaked last night and they are expecting rainfall in that region but with the lower temperatures they're not expecting any more flooding so the rivers are expected to continue to uh, go down. But keep in mind they're still flowing high not only here but all across the province. We still have flood watches in a place for the upper and lower Skina area as well as high stream flow advisories and what that means is that you need to be really diligent when you're in and around rivers because the sides of the banks can be a little unstable as well. You want to be careful with pets. Peace River area also included and, and look at all the high stream flow advisories for southern BC and it now includes the lower Fraser as well in the east Fraser Valley region. So we certainly have seen an impact from this big warm-up. It melted that upper snowpack. We still had a lot of snow in those high elevations. Elevations, and that is what has caused all of this increase in the uh, rivers across the region. Now, into tomorrow, we are going to see spotty conditions not only here across the South Coast, but in the interior as well. And one thing I want to show you here in this map is that the spottiness indicates instability. So, a number of showers, but also a risk of thunderstorms right from the central interior all the way down across the South. So, keep your eye on the sky tomorrow. And a big concern is with it being so dry in the interior regions we're going to be watching for the potential for new fires to be ignited tomorrow so if you were to ever see one call star 5555 right away so bc wildfire service can get on it now for the south coast we have a chance of showers but it's mainly through the morning hours tomorrow i'm expecting some breaks of blue sky in the afternoon still a slight chance of showers but lighter tomorrow afternoon sunday a bit of the opposite we start off with drier conditions and we're expecting showers later on here's your central windows weather. for him tonight. This is the Kamloops, and this is, I think, the sky-high or mile-high uh, resort in Kamloops. Gorgeous shot. I'd love to be hanging out in that little cabin. Thanks, Scotty.
1: Love that A-frame. Very cool.
13: Thanks, Christy. A 10-year-old Okanagan boy is
0: proving to be a big help to the family business.
1: Global Grocers in Penticton has only been open a week, but thanks to some savvy promotional skills from their young pitchman, things are off to a pretty good start.
10: It's fine. We can both start doing
1: it. Araf Gaba has been helping out around the family store, odds and ends,
3: stocking shelves, working the till, but it seems his main area of expertise is marketing.
2: Mexican groceries? Yes, you heard it right.
14: He's handling the in-house advertising, all for free, sort of. He he likes it he likes
12: the appreciation and yeah we give him his chocolates and whatever he wants not
1: bad for a side
12: gig
2: mexican cheeses meats and more one day i was just bored cuz of quarantine i couldn't really do anything and then i asked my mom if i could do like a video for the um you know, video for the store. Between Terry's breakfast and Pizza Hut.
14: He's become a bit of a social media star in the area. People ask for him when they come into the store. But Arav just cares about the numbers. Is the campaign working?
2: From tostadas to chilies, from tortillas to sauces. Come on down, amigo.
12: He, even he asks for this, like, did, did any customer come watching my video? And then we tell him, yeah, a lot of customer come. And then he becomes more happy.
3: He knows his target customers.
2: We carry a wide selection of authentic Mexican drinks, which are non-alcoholic.
14: And if all that isn't enough to draw people in, maybe the free entertainment will.
2: 2150 Main Street,
0: Penticton.
14: Jay Durant, Global News.
0: And he's wearing an Atari t-shirt, so.
1: Old school. He a nice.
0: knows what he's doing.
1: He's got some swagger. All right, here's uh, Squire Barbs with a look at what's coming up in sports. Squire. Okay, so uh, Winnipeg's Mark Shifley, who's been suspended four games,
14: says online haters are attacking his family. You know, the bullying that they've gotten is completely unacceptable. He can deal with the hate for what he's done to Jake Evans himself, but attacking his family is offside.
1: Also tonight, satellite debris.
12: So, <laughs> Alan... I'd just like to say, you've been doing an all right job at looking after me.
0: Squires here you now, people take things too far.
14: Oh, definitely. Ever since uh, the world went online, there's a lot of great things about online and there's a lot of awful things about online. Now, Mark Shifley, uh can't play for Winnipeg unless they can get Montreal to a game six. His four game suspension for hitting Jake Evans in game one started tonight in game two. Now, before the game, I'll give Shifley credit. He stepped up. He took questions. He said he was sorry Evans got hurt on the play. He didn't intend to hurt him, but he accepts the punishment, although he was a bit surprised he got four games. He also accepts all the criticism. What he cannot accept, though, is when the haters go after his family on social media. They're not in the game. They're civilians, and they shouldn't be targets as well. You know, the the hate that my family has gotten, um, you know the bullying that they've gotten is completely unacceptable. You know online phone calls, um, you know it's 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 pretty pretty gross to see. Um, you know my parents, my parents are the salt of the earth, and you know for you know for my for my parents to get to get hate like that is, and my and my brother and sister, it's it's awful and. You know, I can handle it. You know, I'm a grown man. I'm a, you know, I've accepted that. And I, I can I can be held accountable for that. But, you know, my for my, for my family to get that, it, it, it hurts me a lot. Yeah, the family should not be part of it. I agree. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you have got to step up now with Scheifele out. Hasn't done a lot since he came over from Columbus. This is a shorthanded play for Montreal. Tyler Toffoli scores. Boy the Habs have been good at shorthanded plays all year long. They've scored a lot of goals with a man down. They're up 1-0 in the third period. The Seattle Seahawks signed uh, punter Michael Dixon to a four-year contract worth $16 million. You might think that's a lot of bank for someone who just kicks a few balls a game, but He did set a team record in average yards per punt this year, which was 49.6. He grew up in Australia and actually didn't kick in American football until 2015 through a program to teach the game to Australians. And he's got some old rugby and Australian rules football skills, as you can see, when he has to fake a punt. 12-year-old Devin Perkins wants to play lacrosse, which seems like a simple request, but he has a little bit of a problem, or maybe a big problem. The issue is equipment. He needs a helmet, and you might think that shouldn't be a problem. But he needs one that fits, and that's not been easy. Devin
4: Perkins just wants to play, but for
14: Devin, his head is
4: literally not in the game because he can't find a helmet big enough to fit his size 9 head. Last year, it was a tight squeeze. This year, the 12-year-old has outgrown the biggest standard helmet on the market.
2: I would usually need help from my dad to get it on, and... When we were trying to get it on, it was usually like a really like tight fit. And it was kind of painful to get on. Like you had to really push it down.
4: His hair is not an issue. It's his head size. The solution is to get a custom-made helmet. But those cost a fair amount of money, about a thousand Canadian. Devin's dad, Lee, has tried everything, reaching out to virtually every helmet maker in North America to see if they can help. Bauer, uh,
10: CCM, uh Both the Warriors, uh, Vancouver Warriors Lacrosse Association and Warrior Lacrosse, which makes gear, uh, Cascade, and uh, one other from the States, but that's the one we're having an issue with getting uh, CSA approval.
4: They did make an order with that U.S. company about six weeks ago, but still don't have an answer when they can get the helmet in their hands. Lee Perkins says he's willing to sign a waiver if that's what it takes to get Devin back in the game because there's one more giant expense looming. CSA approval of that helmet is ten
1: dollars to $15,000. I mean, if we have to pay for that, it's, that's a bit prohibitive.
4: Devin also plays minor football, and he's outgrown that helmet too. And at age 12, he's still growing so he could need many custom helmets over the next few years.
10: My hope is either that common sense prevails or that in in the case where we can show that we've taken all the necessary steps, that in in those one-off situations, they can make an adjustment to the rules.
2: I really love to play lacrosse. I have a lot of great friends on my team. And it it would really be disappointing if I couldn't play.
14: Second round at the Memorial, that's Bryson DeChambeau. He's in the rough. This ball hits a retired Armed Forces man right in the knee. But as you can see, it's friendly fire because he gets a golf ball by DeChambeau, or from DeChambeau, who uh, is tied for 34th at one under. John Rahm puts that long birdie putt in. He's the co-leader at minus eight, along with Patrick Cantlay. Round two was suspended by darkness. Nick Taylor is minus 2 through 12. He's 21st, and Adam Hadwin is plus 4 through 10. And I should tell you, uh, if Jenny Malkin of the Pittsburgh Penguins underwent knee surgery on his right knee, but they say he should
1: be back in time for next season.
0: There you go. All right, thanks, Fire.
1: Glad to hear it. All right, we'll take a break and be right back with Satellite to in the week.
0: I'm hoping for some cat content.
1: Oh! Guaranteed. I have a cat that
14: speaks English quite well, actually. (laughs) Really? Yes. Very, very nice diction. Very nice vocabulary. Big vocabulary. Uh, Okay, and we'll put him up first uh, because he's a talking cat in a yogurt commercial. Here we go. (laughs)
12: Inner happiness from delicious onkin yoghurt. It's a bit like your cat finally showing you some appreciation. So, Alan, I'd just like to say you've been doing an alright job at looking after me. I know I don't say it enough, but I like you. Yeah, said it. Thanks. Don't make it awkward. Feed your inner happiness with delicious onkin yoghurt.
14: Where do you get those <laughs> your adequate balloons? That's gonna be fun to give someone that Wait. as their birthday. You're, you're an adequate friend. Um, okay. Uh, this one I've shown before, uh, a friend of mine the other day, and actually a few people have said, show it again. Who doesn't love to see Godzilla? And apparently Godzilla's not as tall as we think. Here we go.
9: How do you yes. do this? Yes. Oh, there go. Yes. Oh. Oh.
4: Oh. Oh. Godzilla's actually pretty cool. Except when he's hungry. Yes. We're from Not you when you're hungry.
1: Snickers satisfies. <laughs> so, oldie bit of goodie. I love it.
0: Is Godzilla Tyrannosaurus? Is is he a Tyrannosaurus Rex?
1: No,
14: he, he is. He looks
0: kind of like a cousin.
14: Yeah, he's the product of... The nuclear age in the
0: 50s. Oh, okay. okay. But see, Mortal that's Dragons. that's the old
14: school Godzilla look, which was a little more campy. I like that better than what you see in the movies nowadays. That's, that's my kind of Godzilla. It's just a guy in a rubber suit <laughs> uh, stepping on buildings or eating Snickers bars. Okay, so this one I've shown before, too. I think I only showed it once. It's a bit of a long one. And again, a couple of people have sent me over the years emails. People send me emails, show me this one, show me that one again. And okay, we'll do this one again. This one is from Olay and uh, very impressive singing, and uh, it's all about washing your face.
9: Goodbye coat, goodbye shoes, strike up that oil diffuser. I can't wait to wash my goodbye pants. Hello robe, bobby pins, you've done your job. Job, I can't wait, oh wait, yes. Daily grease, makeup oil impurities It's time to cleanse, exfoliate, and glow Hey!
6: <laughs> Ew, is this your bobby
9: pin? I can't wait to wash my face And feel that clean embrace of cleansing power As it gently exfoliates Oh, I can't wait to wash my face You guys take your shoes off. Towel grab, mirror wink. Hello to my favorite sink. I can't wait to wash my scrunchy bun. Water splash. All you need is just a dash. Holy daily facial. Your makeup feels so clean. Hydrating. and cleansing. Just one clock to save my skin. Feel the clean, see the glow. That hydration really. Show. There she is, that girl I know. Someone's in here. Can you hurry? me? I have to hear. Someone's in here. Oh!
13: have to say i can totally sympathize yeah i agree that is my theme song yeah i, I can't totally wait agree. to watch my face <laughs> i have to say though that roommate
0: is probably putting an ad on craigslist right now for a new roommate who doesn't sing <laughs> show tunes
1: i, th- I yeah. was thinking we are all that
0: roommate. <laughs> every right night
14: now. before she goes to bed she breaks out in the song and brings two friends with her
1: <laughs> can you imagine not over the top at all Folks, have a great weekend. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you back here Monday.
0: We're off to wash our face now. Bye.